0: for me at least, is you you kind of hear people talk about imposter syndrome and different things like that. I think one of my biggest lessons is don't let the enemy of good be perfect or something like that. And I think it's with Instagram, it's wonderful because it's kind of democratized the ability to market yourself and be an expert in your field. But it's also really easy to compare your journey.
1: Hey, what's up guys? Jordan Anderson here and welcome to another episode. Today we sit down with Cat Campbell Houston from the account Cutlery cutlery with a K. And uh, she runs an Instagram account. She's a chef and traveler in the D.C. area. You can find her on Instagram showing off some of her latest fashion or some of her latest and greatest food recipes. Uh, She is a food blogger, Instagrammer. Uh, We talk about kind of her process as, you know, she's running, she's an Instagram influencer. She's a, she's a chef she's a traveler so we're trying to talk about like how does she approach that from a small business perspective and we talk about uh kind of how she sees her workflow how she sees her process you know when she's creating these culinary dishes we kind of uh, ask her we kind of get into like what her process is what her workflow is what her mindset is this is a great episode she was super fun to talk with hope you enjoy let's get started All right, so we are here with Kat Campbell-Houston. Kat, thanks for being on the show.
0: Thank you so much, Jordan.
1: So if you want to give us a quick little five-minute intro just about who you are, what you've been up to, what are you doing right now?
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I'm Kat Campbell Houston. By day, I am a user experience designer for a Fortune 500. So I get to work on their mobile app and also their website. So kind of using my creativity in a more uh, data driven way. But at night, I am a self-taught cook and I absolutely love entertaining and cooking and anything um, culinary. So my spirit animal is probably Julia Child. I use lots of butter. (laughs) When I cook, and I really do uh, cook from the heart. So, anything you want to know, you can ask.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, so, how did the channel get started? It was did it start just originally as an Instagram brand, or? Has it moved beyond that, or was it a website first?
0: Sure. So once I, I'll kind of back up a little bit. Once I graduated in 2008, it was kind of like the Great Recession. So my degree is in design and merchandising, and I thought I was going to be like a Carrie Bradshaw, you know, like the chocolate version, and I was going to move to New York and, um, you know, just live this fabulous life, and I ended up uh, coming back to this area. I went to um, college in Philadelphia I went to Drexel so I moved back here and I kind of started working in museums and kind of getting away from what I thought I was gonna do and I just needed a creative outlet and I remember one day I came home and I just started kind of cooking I was a little bored and didn't really have an outlet and I kind of like made something for the whole house and they were like wow this is good and I was like Oh, so I can cook now. And it just kind of been became something that challenged me. It really feeds my soul. I love nurturing. Um, but I also love the um, artistic side of cooking. Like when you're plating, when you are, um, you know, like just like I love like dripping out chocolate and different things like that and making like these gorgeous designs or using like spun sugar or even just um, plating fruit. Like, that, all of that speaks to my design sensibilities. So this kind of just became something that was totally unexpected. Would never have thought, if you asked me 10 years ago, I would be um, that person at the restaurant that was taking pictures of their food (laughs) before they ate it. Um, And I love any excuse to entertain. Like, I think last summer for Fourth of July, I did, like, the adult Capri Suns. So I ordered like all the pouches off of Amazon. I'm like that person. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's Christmas. We're going to do this type of cocktail. Every holiday is an opportunity. Oh, my God. I I go crazy. Uh I'm always getting emails from William sonoma (laughs) or having something delivered to the house from Amazon. So um, this has just been something that really is a part of my life, and I do it with a great deal of passion.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and as a child were you did you cook at all no and you have like no formal cooking training
0: no none at all I actually have some of my college friends um in high school and they're like you can cook they're like (laughs) totally shocked because (laughs) I mean I think like in college I lived in a like dorms with suites, and we had these little shared kitchenettes. Mm-hmm. And the most I could do at that point was like Trader Joe's, like warming up sesame chicken or sure. you know like fried mm-hmm. rice or something. So friends that knew me then and now they're like, where was, where was all this energy? Would we live together?
1: Um, yeah, that's, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. So then, what motivated you? You know, you figure out that you know how to cook. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice bridge between mm-hmm. your design day work and uh, just a little bit more of a creative outlet uh what was the turning point where you say like i'm gonna like i'm gonna post about this or like i'm gonna start i'm like i'm gonna make a brand around this or like i'm gonna start a little business around this
0: so i would bring um so two jobs ago i was working as an administrative assistant um within the government and i would bring my like little instagram pictures into work at times and people would be like why do you work here? Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, and, and so it was like those little things where you're like, wow, like this really resonates with people or this is encouraging to them. So it was just in that sense of, um, it, it connecting with them. And then your friends are kind of like, Hey, are you cooking, you know, this weekend Mm -hmm. or like, you know, what are we doing? You know, it's cookout season or something. So it was just those little, um, bits of support that kind of Um, pushed me and I do kind of want to go back to one thing so I couldn't cook as a kid or a teen and I didn't necessarily enjoy it but one of my first really happy memories of cooking was not only my mom she was a person that she made like 50 dishes for Thanksgiving and Christmas but I really do remember I didn't have cable growing up so on PBS I would watch Julia Child there was another show called Dessert Circus and they would make like all these like fancy desserts and I was just like, That's just cool. It didn't make me hungry or anything like that. But it was just like, Wow, you can do that with like frozen berries or you can, you know, set creme brulee on fire or different things like that. I also loved Yan can cook. Okay. So those little things, um you kind of, like, never connect the dots. It was just more something to watch that was interesting on TV. But now I find myself and I'm kind of like, maybe there was, like, a little seed, you know, planted there. You don't know that you're going to be good at something until
1: you ultimately try it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So now you're running your cutlery brand. Yes. And so how has that been? How is that, like, you know, because you still have a full-time job. Yes. <laughs> and, like, balancing all that, like, what were some... We can go into tips about it. But yeah, like, sure. How, what's sort of your approach basically to balancing all that?
0: Wow. So, um, hmm, I would have to say, for me at least, is you, you kind of hear people talk about imposter syndrome and different things like that. I think one of my biggest lessons is probably not letting, um, what do they say? Like, let don't let the, what is it? uh Don't let the enemy of good be perfect or something like that. And I think it's with Instagram, it's wonderful because it's kind of democratized the ability to market yourself and be an expert in your field. But it's also really easy to compare your journey or your skill level to other people. So I think sometimes me moving beyond the fear of like, is this good enough? Like, is this post good enough? Or, you know, did I, you know, edit this picture the best that it could be? Instead, just putting it out there because it's really easy to say like, oh, I'm not, you know, in Washington
1: Post style section yet, or I'm not,
0: you know, being retweeted or reposted by this brand.
1: What goes through your mind when you're comparing yourself? Is that a good thing that you compare mm-hmm. yourself to others? Is it, is that a, does it cripple you at mm-hmm. times? Like what, when you when you say like you look at other people's work mm-hmm. on Instagram, how, mm-hmm. like what's going through your mind?
0: Um, it's It can definitely be a double-edged sword because you'll say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their style and I'm kind of saying, how did they, you know, get that shadow or how did they know how to style the food just right? Because that's a pure art form of knowing what colors are complementary, knowing what textures go together, how to focus on the right part of a dish and what to blur and different things like that. But it, it can also be something where you kind of be a little too harsh on yourself at times because you're like, man, like, you know, am I getting the engagement That I want? Am I getting the metrics that I want? So I think it's always that constant push and pull of saying, you know, let me look at someone and be inspired, but not necessarily use that as a a negative against myself and say, maybe I'm not, you know, getting the reach I want. Because the key is really engaging and building your own community. So finding out what cut- Cutlery's journey is going to be and how that's different from some of the other food um, bloggers or brands that are out there.
1: Have you have you done deal brands? What's like your take on that? Like, because like, is that is that the future goal?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think it's really a great opportunity because any chance for a creative person to be paid and made whole for their services, because you look at. Instagram has been such a great place for highlighting other brands like I know that um, if I find something I really love I'm like oh in my stories I'm like oh my god I love this honey Mm -hmm. or I love you know whatever so I definitely think it's wonderful if you're paid for that because I mean you are giving visibility to other brands or other companies so I think it's good on one hand but I think it can also be restrictive sometimes because Instagram kind of started at this as this very organic platform where people Mm -hmm. would just be like I'm taking picture of this tree I like or like I'm here eating and stuff and then it kind of becomes this vicious cycle where you're constantly looking for like what is this next project I'm going to look at Mm -hmm. and then I definitely. I don't know if you see this sometimes, but I'll see people that I follow, and they start working with brands, and you can tell the tone of their account really changes. Like, you know, now they're in a bathtub with the shampoo, and you're like, "Do you even use this Mm. (laughs) shampoo?" So I think it's it's good. So that goes to really making sure you're aligned with companies and brands that make sense for you. Yeah. So it, it, I definitely, like, I'll scroll through my timeline. I'm like, okay, that's not you who wrote it. Or the tone is very different.
1: Yeah, because, like, the client will come in and they'll just, like, they'll, want, the, like, yes! say this, use this <laughs> caption. We, yes! we like this wording. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I think it's it's good if you can do it on your own terms and mm. it feels authentic to your brand and it resonates with your audience or your community that you've built. But I think that, you know, I'll give you like a perfect example of something. So I went to the Clico Polo Classic two weeks ago. Okay. And one thing that I noticed was so many people, like people were there with their photographers and it very much turned into this experience where you're kind of busy cataloging it and and saying like I'm getting all this content like get this Mm -hmm. picture of me holding the umbrella just right or me like drinking champagne and all this stuff so I see people are they really living and having fun in the moment or are you Mm -hmm. kind of like um I'm I'm getting all these pictures and this content and this you know in this situation and it's like I it was my birthday I was there to have fun I took some pictures and said okay I'm gonna take my shoes off and and have a good time so I wonder how some of the bigger, um, people, brands or, or accounts on Instagram, how do they even handle what is my life and what is content?
1: Mm-hmm. What's work. Yeah. What's yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they just stand there like they saw that <laughs> event. They just had their backs turned to the whole event. the yeah. entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's kind of like, uh, so that's another thing where you're constantly, um, saying what's cutlery or, or what am I cooking for other people? And what am I just trying to, cook because it's seven o'clock and I'm hungry on a Wednesday night mm-hmm. and what do I share and what do I withhold or what do I edit or what do I curate and what's really me so that's a big thing I also try to have a good border around too
1: gotcha mm-hmm. I have one I want to put a pin on it about sure. maybe that kind of burnout okay we can go down that route yeah 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 mm-hmm. um but I want to ask about so say like the that polo classic mm-hmm that wasn't necessarily a brand deal but like what's the mm-hmm. what's the interaction between say polo and and yourself it's like is it right. an invitation or right. like and ha- like when did you start seeing those like invitation type can you pop up in your email?
0: Sure. So, with that, it was just me purely wanting to go because it was my birthday and I had mm-hmm. seen other people go to it. And they have, I think, under the hashtag right now, they have almost 80,000 pictures. Wow. So, it's definitely something that I've seen other people go to. And I will kind of, you know, say, Oh, you know, what? I definitely have to be at that next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I said, if you're one. account within 80,000 other pictures how do you differentiate yourself and then turn that into um an engagement deal where you say next year you should invite me or I should be in the rose garden or something like that because you're competing against everybody else everyone else in a (laughs) sundress in front of a horse (laughs) yes so it's it's definitely um really interesting where where I think Instagram is headed because it's it's who isn't an influencer right now
1: Mm -hmm. yes and yeah how do you see that saturation is there like is it getting too saturated is everybody an influencer where like everyone's just price is going down because there's just so many just you know moms and that just want to start an account oh "Oh, yeah yeah, i'm I'm an influencer
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like Everyone has the ability to be an influence. It's kind of like the the Buddhist saying, like, I am everything and I am nothing <laughs> at the same time. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, even my mom, if she probably wanted to, she's um, like 72. She could probably be an influence if she wanted to because yeah. she has, like, cool interests. She still shops at Zara and different things like that. Um, but I think you, it's always like this push and pull because when you go in the grocery store you see you go in the bread out, it's like 50 different loaves of bread and each one of them gets bought by somebody or else they wouldn't still be in the store mm-hmm. so you don't want to necessarily let that stop you from being you know if you want to be the yeah. millionth person person who has a cooking account or the millionth person who does outfit of the day or something like that mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily let, let it stop you but I think You also temper your expectations and you understand that your journey might be a little bit harder because you're competing or you're trying to carve out where... A bunch of people have already gone before you, mm-hmm. but I don't think you should let it stop you, though.
1: Yeah, because it's mm-hmm. like everyone has their own unique exactly perspective. Mm-hmm. No matter like you can wear the same outfit, you can make the same recipe. Exactly, but, like, they're still you.
0: Yes, so. like one of the accounts I love, um, like Chrissy Teigen. She has like a mm-hmm. hilarious sense of humor, and yep. she's I mean, she's a self-taught cook, and I'm sure it helps when your husband, you know, yeah. <laughs> is read a too. Yeah, Yeah, I like cravings like it's so cool. And I love that she has the influences from her mom who is Thai. And she also has like this. I mean, she doesn't um, kind of hold any cards. And she's like, this is food that's like, you know, this is not vegan. This is not paleo. Like we're making a casserole. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's been able to get people excited about the different foods. So I, I look at people like her and I'm like, that's a really cool journey you know, to, to what she's done. So I look at that as inspiration, but I also understand it. Like you said, I'm up at 4.30 most days out of the week to go to work. <laughs>
1: okay. So
0: I have to make cooking kind of, um, and also cutlery fit into that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a, Let's talk about your content schedule, content calendar, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can talk about if this does have any burnout. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. the... Some people call it the grind or the churn or just like the constant, like, uh, what am I going to post today? Yes. (laughs) What's your, let's go through your process from, you know, idea, inspiration, Mm -hmm. all the way to posting.
0: Sure. So because I have a day job and I have a commute that's pretty strenuous I try to just squeeze it in so I'm one of those people where I already enjoy cooking so one of my kind of hacks is I actually go to Whole Foods there's a Whole Foods across from my job I go there and I buy all my groceries at lunch Mm -hmm. so that's my lunch hour I go grocery shopping that way when I come home I can chop I can cook and do different things like that so I really try to make cutlery um something where if it's organic, if I'm like, okay, I played at this really nicely. Let me take pictures and then I'll post it. So I don't necessarily have a content schedule. I more or less just kind of post when it feels right. And, and when I have the time for it, and then I kind of build around it because like, like we're going to talk about it probably a little bit later, but it can be very difficult to be on a content schedule, especially if you have a day job or you're, you're a mom or you're a working father or different things like that where you have all these different demands. Because I noticed like a few months ago, I was out and I was going to take pictures of something I was eating. I forgot where we were. And I was like, "Ooh, this will make great content. My husband was like, you're one of those people now. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> like you're a content person now. Um, so I think, like I said, it's I probably should be on a little bit more of a, a content schedule. But I just do it when it feels organic, and I just do it when I feel like I have the time because it's, you know, you have to plate the food. You're thinking about what you're cooking. I'm looking at the hashtags. I'm like, is it National Pasta Day? Is it Pizza Day? Is it, like, yesterday was uh, National Rose Day and stuff, so I, I um, ca- had a couple of things in my stories from when I gone to the Clico Polo Classic, so, um, I, but I know that there are people that, um, one of my really good friends, she also does a lot of photography, and she has her content schedule for the whole month and i'm like whoa yes she does it 30 she picks one weekend every month and she plans for the next 30 days and i wish i could be that disciplined but Mm -hmm. you know you guys are gonna get what you get (laughs) (laughs) which has been fun though Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so it's yeah so are you just kind of like it's Tuesday, I've got got some content, Mm -hmm. let's throw it up.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll post it or sometimes I'll say, hey guys, I'm, you know, oh god, there goes that YouTube, hey guys. Um, I'll get on my stories and I'll say, you know, tonight I'm making uh, pasta with chicken sausage and basil and i'll walk them through how to make it all mm-hmm. or recently i built a overhead camera rig i didn't want to have to buy one because cool. they're like 200 dollars. so i went to home depot and i got all the materials and i built it for myself for about like 90 dollars. so i've been making time to walk people through whether i did like a um what did i do i did like a lemon curd the other day um i was making different things so i'll just kind of post it when i have time and the one thing i'm really grateful for is i have some flexibility in my schedule so during the day i can carve out like an hour Mm -hmm. to to go ahead and do it so you just have to make time (laughs) yeah yeah
1: uh uh, do you collect your ideas do you uh like do you have some sort of app or do you some sort of like master list where you have all your content ideas recipes um, do you track even like fashion ideas too? I do or travel ideas. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm I'm always screenshotting. On Instagram okay. like if I see different things that people are using I say like oh, I'm gonna put it you know like uh, I'm gonna need to set an alarm because I want to revisit this thing that I've just seen mm-hmm. uh, air table is re- really great because it you can do mood boards in there mm-hmm. you can um, track different projects that you're working on so it's really great for um, checking like you know do I need to order this like I found a really awesome company through Etsy that they make um uh, the photo drop backgrounds and mm-hmm. i ordered from there and i found that on instagram just taking a picture and and locating it so that's kind of how i warehouse all my information And i'm constantly like what excites me what inspires me what do i want to try to recreate on my own so mm-hmm. that's how i kind of do it
1: okay mm-hmm. and from there are you prioritizing it are you saying like this i mean because you you say you don't do really any pre-scheduling, no, nothing like that?
0: I should probably uh, do it more. Like, I think in July, we were thinking about going to Complex Con in mm-hmm. Chicago. So what I might do is I'll say, okay, if I'm going here, I'm going to make sure I get some pictures. And when I was in New York last uh, two weeks ago, I went to Supreme. So I made sure I got some pictures while I was in there and stuff. So I'll do a little bit of scouting, but I really keep it pretty light because I you're always – at least for me, I'm always balancing, just having a good time and mm-hmm. making sure I'm living life and then also saying, you know what, if I want to share this, I will.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you're getting ready to post a photo. Mm-hmm. What are your what are your apps? What are your tricks? What are your tips for that?
0: So I love Lightroom presets. They make my life so much easier and I get them off of Etsy because they're like three and four dollars and I save them. So I have some for food, some for landscape, um, some for that I think work really well with my skin tone. Mm -hmm. Um, So that helps a great deal. I use the foodie app. Um, I'm going to take a look at my phone because I have them all in like a little category. Um, Yeah, I use Canva. That's really great for um, getting those nice uh, white borders around your um, pictures, especially when you post them in your stories. Mm. So I can kind of lay out a story and, and, and kind of have a narrative like, oh, you know, I'm out grocery shopping and I'll like draw on it with my little um, iPhone pen and different things like that. Uh, I recently started getting into uh, iMovie, which is really great for doing quick edits. Also like Spark Video okay. is pretty good. Um, I used to use Visco. A lot. I don't use it nearly as much because I have the yeah, Lightroom.
1: That's, yeah, it's great for filters. But exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lightroom.
0: yeah, Lightroom is is super easy um, for me. And then um, business wise, I have like Squarespace analytics on here, um, so that's super helpful
1: uh, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So you so the let's talk a little bit about your ecosystem with Cutlery. Yeah, you sure. S- most of your folks see you through Cutlery mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then from there, do you want them to hang out in Instagram, or do you want them to go to your website? What's like, what is the desired kind of path for your for like a an audience member?
0: Sure. So um, for me, I really at least love Instagram for the visual storytelling aspect. So what I try to make sure I do is if I take like a big trip, I do the um, highlights on my profile. So I have like if I went to the Caymans or. Uh, going to LA or when I I even two months ago, went to Houston for a rodeo, which was my first time ever doing it. And it was an awesome experience. Um, I go to Arizona a lot out to Scottsdale. So I really love that if people can look through my travels, um, they'll get kind of an idea of, you know, what I'm all about, which is some lifestyle, but also just cooking and kind of snapshotting what is inspirational for me so that's kind of like my ecosystem if they go to cutlery by cat i'm really happy and i check my analytics and i love you guys that (laughs) when you pop up and you go visit but i think for me if you kind of go down the rabbit hole on my instagram i'm really excited about that too because i do put a lot of work into um you know doing the grid or getting um Interesting content, whether I'm at the Guggenheim or I'm in New Orleans and I'm buying seasonings or different things like that. Mm -hmm. So I love if you get stuck on my Instagram. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, with recipes, mm-hmm. how are you developing those recipes? Is there testing? Is there inspiration? Is there a little bit of like, oh, I saw this on Bon Appetit. I'm mm-hmm. gonna like, I'm gonna make that my version <laughs> of Bon Appetit.
0: It's like all of that. So I definitely have a test kitchen uh, going on, and I'm kind of going over to my husband, like, can you ta- can you taste this and tell me what I'm missing? Uh, I have great joy in exploring. Uh, I also believe in learning the rules so you can break them. So one of the first cookbooks I invested in was The Art of French Cooking, Julia Child, uh, getting all the how to make a roux, how to make a sauce properly, cutting techniques. Another book that I really love is Mark Bittman's Kitchen Matrix learning flavor profiles. So if you want to make your own salad dressing, what's the right ratio of acidity to balancing out with maybe something sweet or something fresh or an herb or making it more savory? Mm -hmm. So I'm always like testing little things, but I definitely love putting my own twist on it. I think the other day we found a recipe. I subscribed to New York Times Cooking and I started out with what was in the recipe. And then by the end, I had kind of like rummaged through my cabinet and I pulled some basil out and I was like putting cheese on it. So it definitely um, was a little bit different than when I started, but I just really have fun with it. I think one of the best takeaways from this is if people could learn how to be a little bit more intuitive when they cook mm-hmm. i love following recipes but you have to constantly be tasting as you're going along um adding in your own little twist what makes you happy about food go ahead and put some of that in there if you have like a seasoning blend that grandma told you about throw that in there mm-hmm. too so just having fun with it
1: okay and then yeah it. yeah i was gonna ask you like how strict are you to like you must follow this recipe exactly <laughs> or like you know like yeah. add salt don't add salt yeah right, it's up to you
0: so the interesting thing is because baking is like chemistry
1: okay
0: that I follow you gotta get that right oh my gosh okay. baking is like I have a digital scale at home um you know if I'm using my KitchenAid mixer um so I make a replica of the Lavon bakery cookies and that recipe is so strict that you have to count the revolutions Wow. when, um, as the mixer is going around, I'm like, okay, three, two, one, stop mixing. Cause if you overmix it, the cookies will, they get too soft in the oven and they don't cook right. So if it's baking, mm-hmm. I'm, I am a chemist. I'm following exactly what they tell me. If it's anything else, I'm like, man, if that's burnt, we're just gonna flip that over and put some sauce on it. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody will know. Um, yeah, cause like grilling,
1: sauteing, yeah. uh, even like salads, you can just,
0: yeah, you, you don't
1: have to get it exactly right.
0: Exactly. Um, I mean, now, if, like you said, if it's um, sometimes cooking meat, I'm, I'm really particular because, you, you know, if it's salmon, you don't want it to dry out. So I have a special way that I cook that where I might only saute it on one side, flip it in a cast iron skillet and then put that in the oven. Mm-hmm. That way it browns on and sears on both sides. But the middle is still nice and moist, doesn't get um, overly dry. So with that, I'm a little bit particular. But, you know, anything else, I'm like, we're, we're going to be OK. And I think part of that is having that. Um, lightheartedness around cooking but yeah if it's baking oh yeah I'm following on instructions <laughs> okay.
1: I'll put you on the spot with this one but yeah. a one of your favorite let's say I have no cooking skills whatsoever to okay. your website what's like a, a good recipe that you're gonna recommend
0: oh probably probably my midweek turkey bolognese OK, because you have the freedom to put in veggies that you like, um, but you're not necessarily on the spot to make your tomato sauce from scratch. So I love Rao's sauce. Um, it has great taste. Yeah. You can also put in some maybe like tomato puree if you want or if you just want to start with like um, I know Action Bronson. I really love his Instagram account. He's really cool. He has a two minute tomato sauce. That I follow, which is just crushed San Marzano tomatoes, Calabrian chilies, fried garlic, and a little olive oil and fresh basil, and like pasta sauce right then and there. Um. So so yeah, like definitely the midweek bolognese that's on there is a really good one. I love making ice cream. Believe it or not, I have
1: that's a simple thing to do. Yes, if people
0: think that. So I have the Cuisinart ice cream maker, and you just put the cylinders in the freezer um, overnight and you can go to town. Like you can be your own, like Baskin Robbins with this because I've made creme brulee ice cream. I make the edible cookie dough ice cream. I've made strawberry shortcake, like anything you have in the refrigerator, you're like, I want to put some cinnamon toast crunch in there. Okay. You cannot mess up ice cream.
1: <laughs> I, nah, <that> sounds <laughs> like it, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, that's a good one. Uh, I have the, uh, ice cream recipes on there. I'm trying to think. I just have, um, a lot of stuff. I also, do some lifestyle and, and travel too. But I think if you could take away anything, is like how do I make cooking fun?
1: Yeah, yeah, and like approachable. Yeah, and like, yeah, because it's like I think with how easy delivery is nowadays, yes. and like just frozen food yes. section is like mm-hmm. overflowing. Like people have like kind of forgotten how to cook. Like yeah, the basics of cooking, or because it's intimidating.
0: Yes, and that's one thing I I hope. That people kind of take away as well is that cooking you're not cooking for Gordon Ramsay, mm-hmm. you're not on Chef. um and I think that while you know people like him are like out in Brown that that are like they are chefs to um like with precision and they have been you know in this field for for decades and they know exactly what they want to do you don't have to be that person you're just cooking for you and your family so that's why I do kind of think that it is good that they have uh meal delivery services, or even when you go to the grocery store, if you can get something that's already chopped, like I love using cauliflower fried rice. I'm sorry, cauliflower rice. And I don't always feel like mashing it up in my food processor. So I'll go in the frozen section. And if they have a bag that's already made, I'm super happy. But I think whatever kind of gets you um, over that hump of saying like, am I going to burn this? Am I going to mess this up? Just start small, like say, um, or Better yet, I have a rule where um, I kind of look at cooking sometimes as like climbing Mount Everest. And sometimes you just want to get to that next summit. So one way that I take away a lot of the stress is that I don't need to do everything. If I'm going to make my own sauce, then I might buy a fresh pasta. I'm not going to make fresh pasta, too, because making fresh pasta is kind of hard. So you don't have to do everything. If you want to make an awesome dessert, then maybe say like, you know what? I'm gonna use store-bought ice cream, but maybe I'll make like a ni- nice compote, or like maybe I'll just get like the little angel cake that's already made, and I'll focus on the ice cream. So you don't have to mm-hmm. do everything yourself. You can you can call and help. <laughs> you can phone a friend. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. With the cooking side of your brand, is mm-hmm. there are there any plans to do like a big project? Like do you like a how how far out of the question is a cookbook or like an ebook? Like is that is that something like?
0: So that's exactly what I'm working towards right now is starting to catalog some of my favorite dishes. And I would love to do an ebook. So it's something I've kind of been working around in the background. And when I do my cooking workshop in two weeks, I'll be able to debut some of those dishes as well. So uh, for the cooking workshop that I'm doing um, in conjunction with Common Good City Farm in D.C., which is right over in LaJoy Park next to Howard University, I'm going to be doing a ratatouille which is just a fancy chopped vegetable dish with tomatoes, Um, And it's really delicious and it looks fancy. It's one of those show dishes. Uh, If you can think about like the Rice Krispies commercial from like the 90s where the mom had to splash her face with flour and water and look at, you know, and tussle her hair. So she looked like she had just been through it all. And she says, hey, here are those Rice Krispies. That's definitely a dish where it's a showpiece. It's super pretty, but easy to make. Um, So I'll be doing that. I'll also be doing fried okra. I love my mom's from the South. So I love comfort dishes and fried okra is like the chicken nugget. vegetables Mm -hmm. so (laughs) if you like deep fried stuff that's right up your alley um i'll also just be doing a crudite platter with some green goddess dressing so all those little things that are easy to make good for entertaining something that you can have fun with um that's what i'll be including in there so yeah you like kind of spoke it up
1: (laughs) nice uh i mean have you have you ever done an ebook like do you like have you do you know the process of doing an ebook i I don't
0: so i've been researching it and like i said i look for help when i can so i found um a preset template that i already want to use and it's just me doing the photography and already putting it it in there drag and drop exactly and um Mm -hmm. that helps because you know you're I kind of look at things like a pie chart. So I already have like a finite amount of, you know, bandwidth and time and resources. So I can either focus on maybe the layout and getting that just right or saying, you know, what I'm going to cook plate and edit and take all the pictures so let me just kind of focus on that so i've been looking at a way to um try to charge for that or if i want to turn that into something where it's just more of an entryway into something else more concrete um i want to do but yeah i've been looking into an ebook and people have been asking like people dm me and say like a when are you going to cook for me and b how can i make this myself
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because there's like i mean uh, from a from a business perspective, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like revenues that you can, yes. you can do. It's like ebook mm-hmm. and you say you're doing your online or not your online course, you're doing an actual Yes, cooking live demo. Course. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, so how how is that organizing a live demo? Like or tell me about the first one. Yeah, I wonder- sure.
0: So I um, submitted a proposal to a spice shop that I had uh, shopped at and I really loved their journey and I pitched the idea to them and they had a cooking space because one of the hardest expenses is finding a place that I can rent and cooking that's a great expense i have to provide all my own supplies food which is not cheap and how do i kind of break even so i and yeah so i and and
1: per group or per per classmate yeah per you know if you're
0: going to do per person you have you need to have so many courses um to kind of make the ticket sales look more appetizing pun Mm -hmm. intended um Mm -hmm. for them to want to support you so i have found a great uh Collaboration between me and the spice shop, and I ended up getting the sickest I had ever been in like ten years. Like I was out of work for a while. I was wow. like really sick, and it was really deflating for me because I had put so much time into the proposal, planning, ordering all this stuff. I remember I had ordered um, all these. Uh, micro herbs to be flown in from california <laughs> so i gotta get Fancy. this right and i get wow. this package and i'm i can't even taste anything so because my nose is so stuffed mm-hmm. up and i was sick so um with that happening it was really like a, you know how do i kind of pick myself up and dust myself off and and start again and luckily everybody was understanding because nobody wants you coughing over them while you're cooking sure, yeah <laughs> so um <laughs> It was amazing. So then another, uh, so Common Good City Farm reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to do a workshop? And I was like, absolutely I would. Mm -hmm. So I put together a proposal and I used some of the, the photography from existing dishes I had already made that were on my website and were on cutlery. And what I did was I decided to tie showcasing their um food from their farmer's market and their farm on site with teaching about the history of LaJoy Park. And they love the idea, and that's what it's going to be. So it's going to be called A Taste of History. It's on Thursday, June 20th. And we are going to, you're going to see me prepare uh, some food for you. You're going to get to taste several dishes. And you're also going to get to learn about a really amazing history of that the area, which is LeJoy Park. So um, it's right next to Howard University. Um, it's a gorgeous, it's that perfect kind of like green space within the city. And it has an exciting history.
1: Yeah. So you've got the ebook. You've mm-hmm. got the live demo. Yes. You've got your you know, cutlery brand as a whole, how are you approaching this all as a small business owner?
0: Great, so one of the best tips that I read was, even if you're a small business, even if you have like a little nugget of an idea, you need to start tracking your money Mm -hmm. because it's very easy when you might, you kind of tell yourself, well, I kind of told myself from the beginning, Well, I don't necessarily have a service that I'm selling immediately because I'm just an Instagram account. Um, So I can just kind of take my regular money and use it to funnel it Mm -hmm. over here. And what ends up happening is you put more money into it than you even realize because you're like, oh, I can just order this stuff on Amazon. Or, oh, yeah, I can just buy this KitchenAid mixer Mm -hmm. because I'm totally going to use it and use it for the business, business," quote unquote. Um, So kind of starting to really track my expenses. So I have expense tracker on my phone that I use Airtable is really great for taking pictures of your receipts or a screenshot of when you order things online. And that really kind of helped me kind of put the brakes on and put a yellow light and say like, what is the end goal because I'm investing a lot of you know, money or time or resources into this, I should a get paid for it. At some point, even if it's not necessarily today, and also kind of helping to say, let me put on my business hat first, because I don't know if you've experienced this, but I know definitely me where you're like, well, you know, I'm good at this thing. I don't know if I should charge people for it Mm -hmm. or, you know, this is just for me. This is a hobby. And I think if it's something you really care about, you're constantly in a state of curiosity and learning, you should be paid for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you we talked about earlier a little bit of imposter syndrome. Yes, like and then you know in my, in my world and I'm sure your world mm-hmm. with like the creatives or like the struggling artists, yes. like they're afraid to charge or like yeah. why like why do you think that is or why you know and how did you how have you convinced yourself like mm-hmm. I need to be paid for this?
0: Um, I struggle with that a great deal because I have been Instagramming my food for at least like five or six years now. Before I was like, and I would always kind of hide behind, oh, this is just a hobby, or I'm just. I'm just having fun. You know, you guys. I'm just posting you guys. And I think part of it is fear that if I actually put this thing that I care about and I really love doing out for other people, are they going to pay me for it? Are they going to like it? So I think sometimes for me, at least it was very easy for me to kind of hide behind and say, well, this is just a hobby. This is just something I love. And my husband has been a big person in my life that has pushed me to say, you're talented. You should get paid for this. Mm-hmm. And it, And I think if you kind of at least for me, reframe it of, okay, I don't need to make a million dollars from it, but I at least should be paid for the energy that I've put into something. Mm-hmm. So definitely me doing this cooking demo was me stepping out and kind of getting across fear and saying, you know what? I'm going to put this out there and whoever decides to buy a ticket, I'm going to make this like the best demo you've ever been to yeah. and just focus on that.
1: I mean, it's... uh, How early... I mean... Early on, mm-hmm. how important is it to say yes to opportunity versus no? Like what, Like, what's the balance between mm-hmm. like, you know, vetting opportunities that come yes. into your inbox yes. or, you know, hey, we want you to do a cooking mm-hmm. demo. What, like early on, is it say, do you say yes to everything and then dial it back? Or, like what's, <laughs> what's the pr- pr- proper approach to this?
0: I think... That's an amazing question because it's something that I struggle with because people would ask me, and say, hey, do you want to do meal planning? Do you want to do this thing? And I would say, no, I'm not in a position to do. I'm not an authority. I'm just an Instagram person out here. That's millions of other people. I can't do that. I think a healthy approach is saying what you're looking for, first and foremost, is professionalism and other people that bring opportunities to you and also working on making sure that all your communication, how organized you are, how detail-oriented you are, is also being a professional so Jordan this is a little bit of a humble brag for you but I love like how you approached me you had everything set up through your website for us to schedule the podcast you had a great presence online and that made me say yes to the opportunity so that's definitely what you should look for in other people that you want to work for what does their online presence look like is it if because if they're loose with the details with their own business they're going to be loose with you. If they're not um, organized with them, their own business, they're not going to be organized for you. Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing that I could do to say yes to other people was to say, "Is this person organized? Do they look like they're going to pay me on time? Mm-hmm. Are we going to be able to negotiate, um, or you know, this deal in a way that benefits us both?" So if there's anyone out there that you're listening and you're saying, "Why should you know when should I say yes?" Of course, tune into your intuition, but be very aware of red flags look at someone else's how they handle you know their own business and say you know what if they're uh, you know if they and it's not about follower count Mm -mm. do not look at follower count do not look at different things like that look at the time and detail and passion that someone puts into their own business because they'll do that with you
1: yeah because i mean even going back to what we said earlier about you know, these folks that do these brand deals yes. and then everything changes yes. and then the relationship between the br- you, the brand and mm-hmm. your audience just now, it's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're no longer an audience. You're just money to me. Like, exactly. You're, you're just potential revenue dollars to me.
0: Exactly. And I think what helps is outlining very clearly how this is going to benefit you. And at least for me, getting out of kind of like that fearful oh this person is coming to me and and they kind of have all the powers being able to say mm-hmm. what is our whoop, what is our split going to be um are you going to provide X, Y and Z resources. Okay, I'm going to handle this on my end. Um, Are you you know, let me go ahead and see a rough draft of this um, newsletter you're going to send out highlighting me or, you know, kind of pushing back puts you in a position of power where you're able to say this doesn't work for me. And I don't want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, because early on, people want to take shortcuts. Yes, they don't want to put in the work or they will just you know, any opportunity, the first opportunity yes. that comes up because they just get so desperate of, yes. or like they hear no too many times yes. and like, yes, whatever, you know, Chinese brand that exactly. wants to just pay me $400 yes. for <laughs> putting a, some lipstick on it and like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, just it, you can lose credibility very fast.
0: Absolutely. And that's such a good point of getting in a, a place of desperation to where you say yes to everything. It's super easy to do that because getting told no makes you feel, you know, it's not a good feeling. But I think what you have to say, at least to yourself and what I sometimes say to me is what they, you know, know um, is a form of protection. Mm-hmm. And not every closed door was something wonderful on the other side sometimes it was something that was never going to work and you say okay let me regroup and adapt and keep this kind of you know my my uh you know moving forward and not letting that stop me because it would have been easy in february to say this didn't work out this was this was never going to work out for me i'm never going to be able to do a cooking demo and now i just have to pay you know i priced out one place it was going to be two thousand dollars for me to do a cooking demo yeah. and i was not going to do go anywhere near breaking even and then I just waited a couple months in this opportunity. They found me. And one thing I definitely want to mention is that if you go 150%, it might not work out tomorrow, but somebody's going to see your work. Because I've had people that I've never met before. You know, I don't have a huge follower count, but people find me and I'm like, how did you find me? And they're like, oh, I saw your pictures. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was just me maybe plating a dessert on a Wednesday night. And I was like, I don't know who's going to see this picture, but I'm going to put the basil on here. I'm, You know, doing things just right, getting the angles just right on the food. And that's what ended up helping me. When I did the proposal, I used all the existing photography that I had taken like last year Mm -hmm. for that proposal. Never knew what it was going to be used for.
1: Yep. Yeah, you usually never know what is going to pop. Exactly. You can't can't say like this is going to go viral. Yeah. what uh have, what kind of posts on your website that have you noticed they like, wait, that is popular? <laughs> like how is that and like how did that that one pops off? All right.
0: I have to show you because um yeah, like I'll post like
1: this is my most popular yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, give, okay, y'all uh, give Give them what the people want.
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay, if you want more of me walking in front of Union Station in cool boots, you know, I'll yeah. th- I'll take more pictures of that. Yeah, and then um it's some things that I'll I'll spend a whole bunch of time on editing just right like I had so much fun uh, making lemon curd and mm-hmm. while the stories and the reception I got from that was really awesome when I actually posted the photo it didn't get a lot of pictures but then I put another picture of me holding an umbrella and doing a little boomerang and everybody's like happy birthday and all this different stuff and I'm like you guys really like me looking like Mary Poppins <laughs> <laughs> hold an umbrella okay but what I,
1: about the lemon curd yes
0: and i'm like but i like spent like an hour like mm-hmm. working on this um so i think sometimes yeah things aren't going to necessarily pop but you know you might see lemon curd again or um another picture i did was just me at the line hotel and it was just sipping a cocktail And everybody loved that. And I was just wearing a beret. I guess I look kind of like Parisian and way cooler than I am. Um, And everybody loved that picture. But then I was in Miami and I went to this really cool popsicle shop and took pictures there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, everybody's going to love all the colors. I've gotten my grid Mm -hmm. just right. And people were like, okay, popsicles. So you just never know. Yeah. So you kind of have to try it all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, try it all and just like or be just kind of impervious to opinions good or bad
0: yes like I think my um picture with like the most likes I was at the National Building Museum when they did the architecture right. exhibit last year so it's just like me inside of like this oh, little yeah. like cool house structure and everybody was like where were you my
1: wife dragged me to that one oh
0: nice <laughs> she's a good wife
1: <laughs> it was it was cool but I was like there were a lot of people with their phones out
0: oh my gosh so this in there I mean you know, people were having like lifestyle photo shoots in there and I just kind of climbed in and we took like two pictures and I climbed out mm-hmm. and everybody was like, Where are you? This is so cool but then I went to the one with camp- the ball pit, right? Yes, it yeah. had the ball pit okay. and everything. I couldn't even get in there because it was like 800 people and i said okay well that's yeah, not gonna it was, work it was
1: like literally taking turns like yes two iphone photos and you're out like yes. next and and like, okay
0: kind of like holding the phone up and you're kind of getting your yourself just right mm-hmm. um but then i went to the caymans and i climbed out where they have uh this like coral that will like cut your feet up so i had to like you know kind of gently walk out there in the sunset and then like people were like okay sunset cool yeah
1: you know. <laughs> what's your uh Let's get a little nerdy with camera gear. Do you just use your iPhone Um, or do you have a camera at home or?
0: So I have a Nikon at home uh, and I use that. And my brother, he actually is a photographer. And right now he works in like photography sales. And he's the one that's kind of steered me in the right uh, direction of of getting equipment. Um, So I don't get, I I know there's some people out there, they're going to be like, what kind of lens do you use? And I'm like. Mm
1: -hmm. Always.
0: I'm like, I, I don't know. It has some numbers on it. But I feel like what helped me the most is just um, just trying anything. I'll go out there and I'll take like 10 different photos of the same thing. And maybe I'll change the aperture. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'll go to, um, you know, try, changing the ISO or different things like that. So I'm more into just like seeing what, what works and, and what feels right. But yeah, I have an icon at home and I take it all around with me. But... With the iPhones getting even better, sometimes just for on the spot, it's really good. Um, I was watching a documentary. It might have been on like Frank Lloyd Wright or or someone, maybe Ansel Adams. And they said that it's the person behind the camera.
1: Yes. (laughs) Six inches behind the camera. Exactly. That's what counts.
0: That's what counts. So, I mean, if you have like an old. Kodak disposable, if you're really good and you're in tune with your personal style mm-hmm. and your aesthetic and you know what you're doing, you could get some good shots on that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah people get really crippled by like, Yes, okay, <laughs> I can't do this because I don't have that camera, mm-hmm. I don't have this lens, or if I had this stabilizer, it's exactly like, you know, just just get out there and do it.
0: And like I've had so much fun with doing things on uh Instagram stories. Like one of the things is sometimes I'll do a screen recording of me writing on a photo. And then I'll crop it so that it looks Mm -hmm. like I'm writing a message. So, I mean, you can just do whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like... Yeah, have you found... What have you found to be more creative, the Instagram story side mm-hmm. or Instagram post? Stories. Stories. Okay.
0: Stories. Um, you could be anybody you want. You could be like a newscaster in there. You can do IGTV and set, you know, just a little um, mount up in your kitchen. And if you have a cool kitchen, then you have your own cooking show. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the accounts that I really love is the Feed Feed. And they get okay. all these different people to do these little cooking segments. So one day you might get someone that's going to tell you how to trust a chicken and how to properly, you know, just cook a quick chicken dish. But then you'll get somebody that they're like, hey, we're going to make vegan stroganoff. And you're just like, okay. OK, I didn't even know I wanted vegan stroganoff in my life. But, you know, I'm going to make it now because yeah. you made it exciting. So the stories, it's to me what really grabs you in. But you're... Instagram account is kind of your anchor.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, because it is temporary and you just, but, yeah. do you, but you take those stories and you'll make highlights out of them yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And I'll do that because you can just have fun. And to me with Instagram stories, it, to me, it represents more of what Instagram used to be, which was like this kind of just snapshot of this thing that I saw that was cool and it's going to disappear in 24 hours, so if mm-hmm. it doesn't resonate with people and they don't like it, but that's kind of yeah. where you make your magic.
1: Yeah, and the yeah. post is more of the polished magazine yes, cover. Yes, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. I see. Well, I don't have any anything else. Are there anything we didn't cover that you want to cover more of?
0: Sure, so I would like to mention just some awesome cooking tips okay. for
1: people. Let's go into basic cooking tips or some awesome cooking tips. Okay,
0: I hope they're awesome, but they'll probably be basic. Okay, what do you got? <laughs> so for cooks of any level, I'll recommend just a few things that I think everyone should have in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. So the very first thing that I think anybody should have in their kitchen is a cast iron skillet. I have some that are like 30 years old that were passed down to me and they are amazing. You can't destroy them. Because you, you actually have to season them in the oven. By... i
1: second this opinion. Yes. yes. <laughs> you
0: can't do anything to this. It's not like your um, $200, you know, Le Creuset Dutch oven that, like, you have to wear white gloves with and yep. handle very gently. So I love cast iron skillets. Um, I make fried chicken. I do an awesome mac and cheese in there. And I do the whole thing in there, make the bechamel, add the cheese and everything. So I love um, that for cooking. You can make fajitas and it plates really awesome because you have all the peppers in there and everybody can go to town. So it's also good for entertaining. Love cast iron skillets. Second thing I would definitely recommend is at least one good chef's knife.
1: Okay. That's Um, a large knife. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's the bigger knife. So it can handle um, pretty much anybody that's you know, trying to use it. Um, the cooking tips are just make sure that you have the thumb and um, I'm sorry, your three fingers kind of wrapped around and you can just google how to hold a knife and you always just want to make sure your thumb and index finger are what's holding the blade okay. right above the hands like a shaking hands exactly it. perfect yeah. shaking hands and what that does is just helps give stability and you can just maneuver as you're cooking and whatever hol- uh, hand you're holding the vegetable or the fish with just make sure that your fingers are curled down so your knuckles are kind of like the Um, guide and a little bit of a protection for you. So definitely getting a great chef's knife. Salad spinner. Okay. I love having a salad spinner. Um, I used to be one of those people that would just dry my veggies um, in the paper towel and you just kind of end up crushing and bruising all them. So a salad spinner is great um, for drying things out and just making sure they kind of retain their perky, you know, fresh, farm fresh kind of look. So definitely use one of those. Um, an immersion blender okay so an immersion blender is really cool because it kind of looks like a microphone but it has the blades uh on the end and it's really great if you're making soups and stews so you can just put it right in there and mash it up so you can it's like a
1: hand mixer exactly Okay. yeah
0: it's a hand mixer and i love using them they're great for like if you're making a marinara with really chunky crushed tomatoes you can go ahead and mix that up i make black bean soup with it so it makes like a nice smooth kind of soup after you've cooked everything down So I love that. And my last thing digital scale. Okay. When you're baking, a lot of recipes will tell you one cup, one teaspoon, different measurements like that. But to get really precise with your baking and have better outcomes, um, using a digital scale will help you measure because not all measuring cups are made the same. Right. Some of them are a little fast and loose with how much of a you know teaspoon or a tablespoon is. So mm-hmm. definitely you can get one on Amazon for like 20 or 30 dollars and they work great. So those are my and tips. You
1: go in grams or are you, are you still? A- it depends. Okay. Sometimes
0: okay. if, um, yeah, you'll see recipes and they'll tell you to go in grams and you have to be super specific. But if it's other things like a cheesecake or something, I'm just dumping a cup in there and I pretty much know what that is. But yeah, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, get a digital scale.
1: Okay, <laughs> why not? Uh, so can if you want to kind of plug away where okay. we can find your account, sure. your website, everything.
0: All right. Awesome. So I am Kat Campbell Houston on Instagram. You can find me at cutlery, which is at sign K U T L E R Y. You can also Google Cutlery by cat, and that's my Squarespace website. Not really active on um, Twitter or anything because I can't condense all my thoughts into the character <laughs> limit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Instagram because it's much more visual and I can kind of ramble on uh, there. So, yeah, if you're looking for someone that's going to show you how to make some really cool little cocktails for um, Fourth of July, or you want to make some really awesome cookies that are gooey on the inside, crunchy on the outside. Mm. Mm-hmm. go to cutlery by cat
1: okay <laughs> and the coming weeks coming months what can we look forward to we got the live demo coming yes, up yes
0: on june t- thursday june-, june 20th at okay. 6 p.m that's at common good city farm right over there by howard university hospital and the lejoy park area so that is my next big endeavor so i really stepped out and i'm excited to share it with you guys okay
1: awesome <laughs> okay thanks for being on the show thank you jordan <laughs> Okay, so that was Kat Campbell-Houston. Kat, thanks for being on the show again. And if you want to find her work, go over to Instagram and go to Cutlery. Cutlery with a K. That's about it. Another great episode on the books. If you want to find a little bit more details about this podcast, uh, go over to jordanpanderson.com slash blog. You'll be able to find the links and the show notes and the pictures and all that great stuff kind of behind the scenes of the podcast. Yeah, nothing much else to say. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Jordan P. Anderson, and we'll see you soon.